Proudly sponsored by stms.studio for all your merch and printing needs. Proud patron of Ian's Chain Charity, helping to save lives together. Hello. Hello, Joe. It's Taj. Hi, Taj. How are you? Really good, thank you. Nice to speak to you all. And you. Right, for those of you that are listening, this is Taj. You're one third of Half Moon Panic, I believe, aren't you? I am. I'm the uh, guitar player and songwriter for Half Moon Panic. Right. If they were here, we would no one would get a word in, so I thought I'd just do it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, when you told me that this morning, I was like, fair enough. We've got a lot to cover. So um, tell me, Half Moon Panic, who came up with the name? Well, it was um, our local pub called The Half Moon. Oh, <laughs> right. We had, a, we had a party up there and they said, why did you put together some music? And uh, it had been a long time since any of us had played, you know, sort of from a band perspective. So we put together a little, you know, little set and a few people and we were panicking the day before because we had no songs. <laughs> so, uh, my nephew... Finn drummed for us that day, and he's currently drumming with uh, Troy Redfern and Woody and the Bandits and stuff. And so he's, oh, he, came nice. with, he came up with Half Moon Panic, so it just stuck. That's ace, that is. I saw Troy um, last year at uh, Love Rocks Festival. He played a set there, he's great. So I'm sure uh, your yeah, nephew's having a right good time. If he played as a three-piece with the lady on the bass and then it's Finn McCauley on drums, who's uh, basically he's one of the best young drummers in the Southwest. But uh, yeah, so... He's playing for all kinds of people at the moment. Oh, big, big shout out to Finn. And uh, if anyone needs a session drummer out there, we know who to Absolutely. contact. <laughs> so so music's in your blood then. I see um, going back, you know, when you were 13, 14, that's really when you kind of got into your guitaring, wasn't it? Absolutely. I think it's one of those things, you know, you discover. Well, for me, it was a just peace of mind I made and maybe some early status quo. And my mum had maybe played the trumpet and the piano and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> But I think chicks did the guitar players, and it worked for me back in the day. Not for long, but it worked for long enough to uh, get me hooked on the guitar. So, oh, uh, nice. Well, I see Half Moon Panic then. You were formed in April 2019 to celebrate your birthday. Dare I ask it, uh, which birthday that was? It was a very old one. But, you know, <laughs> still, like, it, was, it was for my 50th. Oh, nice. Um, and then we... At that jam, where we got our name, there was a guy there from the Paul Cook Blues Band who had, yeah, he's a great blues man, and he said, hey, you guys have got some, um, something going on, because Finn was drumming with us, and my son George, who is in the metal band Sainted, who are absolutely phenomenal. I've heard of them. And he said, I want you to play my festival, but as long as you bring the kids. So George and Finn were probably, well, they were 20 when they jammed with us on Half Moon Panic's birth. So we played this festival for Paul Cook, and then... And then we played, like, the next day we played the Rye International Blues Festival. And we weren't really, a, you know, we had a set and some stuff, but it was really the kids that were making it sound good and the George and Finn. And then, um, and then we just thought, let's keep it going. And then just before lockdown, we played the Ealing Blues Club, which is a really cool place, um, in, obviously, in West London, where all the Elia you know, Hendrix and the Stones and everyone's played. And then we were, like, set up for the festivals and then lockdown. Yeah, it's lockdown a- messed everything up, didn't they? Well, it did and it didn't because it meant that we had time to work out what we were going to be. And we wrote the album um, during lockdown, which we're really proud of the songs. We're re-recording the album at the moment because the album itself is a bit um, pants. Which album's that? Which album did you... um... Well, Welcome to the Small Time. Now, Um, that's a sequel to a song you wrote in 1993, wasn't it? 
I always do my homework, you see, Taj. Nothing goes past me. Yeah. When, when, when we were growing up, I was I was in a band um, we were called Kiss and Tell, and we, we thought we were going to make it. Yeah, we did the Rock Garden, the Orange, the Mean Fit, yeah, all the big clubs on the circuit. Is that with Speedy Jim? That was Speedy Jim Veggie Burger, yeah. Uh, <laughs> who's, he's, he's an incredible player, a drummer, songwriter. He's in a band called um, Ten Central. You should check them out. There. I will do. His songwriting, they don't play live. It's just, it's just like a writing project, but absolutely incredible songwriter. But we, we did that thing. We thought we were going to be famous, and then we all fell in love and got jobs and the rest of it, as you do. Um, but, yeah, I started writing a song back in the 90s called Hitting the Small Time, which was about being in a band, playing in all those rubbishy little clubs at two in the morning to nobody and all the rest of it, as you do. And then when I got to 50 and recorded, you know, wrote the songs, I thought, actually, do you know what? I'm, I, we're in the small time, so welcome to the small time. We love it. Yeah, we're you know, doing what we do. We do, you know, we're living living the dream, Joe, really, because you know, we, we get, this, this is our second career, if you like, in, in giving the music you go. Gerard, um, my, my partner in crime, singer and bass player, he grew up in Wales and you know, mining community was in bad covers bands, you know, growing up. Um, and then we wrote this, and we started to get gigs, and you know, we um, we're doing a lot of work with Solid Entertainment, Stephen Stanley. We're playing with FM in October, for goodness sake. Wow, yeah. FM, that's incredible. Yeah. And, yeah, we're opening for them at the Cornwall Rocks Festival. We open for Lawrence Jones, for Ben Paul. We've opened for Wendy James from Transfusion, Dr. Feelgood. And we're kind of, we're called part-timers, if you know what I mean. People say we're hobbyists in a way, but actually it's a bit more serious than that because we love what we do. But we're just having that second wind. And, you know, so we did Welcome to the Small Time, which I finished writing the song. Um, but we had to record it like within a sort of two or three day window in lockdown, and our, our, we had a drummer at the time, Russ, who wasn't really into the recording thing. So it, it, it was the songs are great; we still love them. But um, we've decided that we've released the EP "Songs from the Pit," which I don't know if you've heard. It yes, I have, and um, I've fallen in love with Sacrifice, right? And I had to do a double take. I thought it was Mark Knopfler at first. I was like, what the hell? Because I put it on mix. I put it on like shuffle. And then I was like, why has he gone to Dire Straits? And then when I looked, I was like, no way. That's you guys. And I even sent it to my parents. The only thing I've got in common with Knopfler is our age. (laughs) Sacrifice is a really important song for me because it's, you know, lyrically it's about, you know, all those people that are behind the scenes that, make changes and sacrifice things in life, like our parents, like our partners. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't shout from the rooftops that they're um, they're making sacrifices. They're the ones that really count, you know, the ones that you never hear about. Um, and I met, when I wrote it, I thought Springsteen was going to sing it, but he never replied to any of my messages. Well, I think he's missed a trick there. I think he has. But yeah, so we did that, Songs from the Pit, and, and then we thought, you know what, we really love the songs on Welcome to the Small Time, but we don't like what we did there in that recording session. So we've just gone back and re-recorded our top song, favourite songs from that album, and later this year we'll put out a brand-new album with, you know, three from Songs from the Pit and the, the remake of, you know, Welcome Back to the Small Time, if you like. So nice. Really That'll be really good. Do you know what? Kudos to you guys because, you know, you're, you're an older band and... I guess there's a lot of new, um, you know, there's a lot of new sounds around at the minute. So do you find it's a battle when you're booking gigs and things? Do you find that they kind of are a bit put off by your age or do you find it doesn't bother them? It it hasn't bothered people so far. I think, I think because we're pretty, you know, we're live, we're we're three piece, we're quite energetic, even though we're getting on a bit. Um, Our drummer's only in his 30s. He's he's just had his first baby, so he's at the different end of the, the spectrum. But I don't, I think the music is an industry. It's not like sport where you get 
you know, slower and less strong, you get better as a musician. I yeah? agree. We, we can do stuff now. I think, you know, I'm a better player than I was when I was 25. You know, maybe not technically, but in terms of creative, creatively, we're, you know, we're doing you know, well. We're only in our fifties, for goodness' sake. It's not like the end of the world. Yeah, it, it was. You know, I've seen Angus Young from ACDC in his late sixties, spinning around on his ass like like he's on fire. You know, so I think as long as we stay healthy, um, we can do well. You know, and we people like what they like to, to hear. You know, and we we played the Leeds Blues Festival um, last month up in Brudenelle, which was great with you know, Lawrence Jones Zander and the Peace Pirates and Chicken Crowfoot, etc. And off the back of that, we're playing. We're opening for Chantel McGregor in Putney in a couple of weeks' time. And all of these gigs are like, wow, you know, imagine what we could do if we did this like for proper gig, proper jobs. But we're just having a laugh, Joe. And that's music is laugh. And to be honest, you know, we're following Finn's career. We're following George's career. My son, who you know, saying today are phenomenal. And I'll give it all up to go and be his roadie if he, you know, if the time came. Hey, they might be your roadie. You never know yet. I don't know. Well, he's still suffering from when we forced him to play in Half Moon Panic. It's like being into tech. Oh, well, I mean, to be honest, it sounds, you sound like just a group of mates that just want to have a good time. You know, you sound like a family and it's lovely. It really is. And, and that's, that's what it feels like. We've got this extended family around us of, you know, people that support us and session guys because our, our drummer has, you know, just had his, you know, his first child with his with his partner, Jenny. We've, we've, we've been working with another drummer called Paul Annis who's in a band called Grandma Vedetta. Check them out. They're from Sardinia. And um, it is like a family. You know, we, we go away together. We have dinners together. You know, what we go and do is show up north somewhere. We... We say, let's make a night of it. We say, well, yeah, we're not going to make any money out of this show once we've spent all the money getting there. <laughs> but actually, yeah, we would have spent the time together anyway. So actually spending the time together, putting on a great rock show and then having a couple of beers is just, it is bucket list stuff. You know, um, yeah, there are bands out there that are working their nuts off to make a living and hats off to them. Um, and, you know, for, you know, wouldn't we love to be doing that? Of course. Yeah. But, we, but we're playing our part in the ecosystem. Yeah, we, we, we are... Uh, we're a band that opens for bigger bands, yeah. But we put on a good show and we have a laugh and we're writing some good songs, which is you've mentioned with their sacrifice, for example. So I think there's there's a space for us, and you know we've only recently discovered this kind of online community of other young bands where we're all following and supporting each other and creating playlists, which I think is how I heard of you guys in the first place. So we you know we've got a lot of you know a lot of friends now that we're sharing each other's music and because no one else is helping these young bands to make progress it's really difficult exactly well that's the reason i set this podcast up you know i kind of thought if i can do anything for the bands it's to get them heard get them out there and not necessarily the music but to get to know them as people as well i think it's really difficult especially after gigs you haven't always got time to spend that you know you haven't got the time to spend with the fans as much as you want because you've got to rush off or if you're the last band on or you know things get carried away and especially if you've got to travel it gives fans the chance to get to know you as people absolutely and you know and we love you know if we're like when we did the Leeds thing the other week, you know, there were half a dozen people that came up and said, we really loved your set. And that, that makes it, that makes the four hours drive worthwhile. One person who you, who you've not forced and nagged to be at your gig because you went to school with them. You know, the, the people that go voluntarily, <laughs> when they say, oh, we really like your set, that is like, you know, the hair stand up on your, on your arms and you think, wow, we've done something great here because, you know, they had they no, they no, nothing to gain by saying they liked us. 
Now, yeah, Taj, sorry. there is something I need to ask you. So it said on your uh, website in your younger days, you and Speedy Jim used to terrorise yeah. the neighbourhoods of Tunbridge Wells most weekends. Yeah. So I want to know what it was you were actually doing. Were you a bit like Dennis the Menace? I, I would say a bit like Dennis the Menace. <laughs> and maybe, maybe uh, we, were, we were actually very tame. We were the kind of um, band you could take home to your mum for tea. Um, and we'd probably tidy up rather than throw a telly out the window. But we, no, we, we've always been the same. But, yeah, we... Tunbridge Wells is a, is a funny old town. Um, I think I was the only brown fella for a long time. Um, but it's, you know, it's about building that community. And I've always, we've always been the kind of people that hang around and build communities and build little, you know, gangs, if you like, but, you know, in the, in the, in the nice sense of the word. Uh, and music has been a really important part of that. And, you know, in Tunbridge Wells now, we've got one of the best venues in the country with the Forum which I think is, for a 250 cap, I think it's voted enemy, you know, best venue in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had Oasis down here in, you know, 96, with playing for 12 people, you know. It's, but it's like everyone in Tunbridge Wells reckons they were there now. You know, there's about 20,000 people who were at that gig when there was no one there, you know. Um, but Tunbridge Wells has got a really great music scene. Uh, in fact, Kent has, and Sussex Brighton, where my, where my son George is. Um, it's great. And, you know, the, the, the Brood and Elf thing was our first sort of away game if you like in terms of going away where there'll be none of our own you know fans with us um and that was a good test because when we play down here you know when, even when we play with ben paul or Lawrence jones and stuff we take 100 people you know we take half the crowd mm-hmm. so it, it even though we're supporting it feels like a you know a headline gig for us because we brought a lot of people and you know we get to play with some great artists like those guys and i think next year later this year we've got ainsley lister we're opening for um, ben Granfelt from Wishbone Ash. Obviously, we've got the FM gig down in Cornwall, which is just amazing. And then, obviously, got the Chantel McGregor. And, you know, who knows? You know, you know, our ambition is to get a, a crappy old van and, you know, go on tour and play in front of five people a night in pubs and clubs around the country. Is there anywhere you'd like to go? Because, obviously, I get a lot of promoters listening to this podcast. Is there any yeah. anywhere in the country that you want to play? We'd lo- you know, I think... To be honest, though, everywhere. We'll go anywhere for a decent night out. That's how sad we are and cool we are as well. Yeah. There's a couple of, there's a, there's a, there's a venue down in Bristol, I think, is it the, the one on the boat? We want to go there. We want to go everywhere. Yeah. We want to, we want to play where people like their music. And, you know, that was the thing about being, you know, north of Watford is that people really appreciate music the further north and southwest I think you go. In London, everyone's a little bit you know, snobby about music. And, you know, we, we were the opening band at the Leeds Rock Festival and everyone had turned up already at two o'clock in the afternoon. That's impressive. Yeah, and that doesn't really happen down here. You know, support bands don't get the, get the opportunity. So we want to play anywhere. We're great live. We put on, you know, we put on a good show. Um, our songs, I think, are really cool. Um, I think, as, as you, you've heard some of them. And um, we just love playing. And that's the freedom to play, the pleasure to play. And to know that, you know, there are people out there that are starting to dig it. You know, it's just really cool. So going back, you were in a band called The Expandables and Alcatraz Blues, yeah. which is where you met Gerard, um, yeah. who's obviously your current vocalist and bass player now. Yeah. Um, so tell yeah. me, talk me through that. What was it like back then? To Did you kind of just gel straight away? Did you think, I'm going to be in a big band with this guy? Well, the so Expandables was... Um, it was one of those weird bands where it wasn't, it was like a dad's band, I'd call it. I met everyone in the Expandables. We met waiting in the school playground for our kids to come out of school. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of, you know, there was a Kevin who 
played bass but hadn't really played bass for years. Uh, skins had a drum kit for the ball from Argos that was in the loft. Yeah, it was one of those... <laughs> DIY bands, I like this. It was. All our kids went to school, so we yeah, we made a good blues noise, you know, sort of, you know, the standards and, you know, uh, Blues Brothers stuff and played the local, you know, parties around, around Tumbridge and Tumbridge was for fun. Um, but it was never... You know, they, they were really, you know, they were all in their 40s and 50s, but it was the first time they'd ever been in the band. But what it did, it reignited my sort of passion for playing. So then I teamed up with a bunch of um, sort of local blues guys and we formed Alcatraz Blues and did, you know, some festivals around here and did a lot of shows. And um, I of Gerard was new on the scene because Gerard's wife and my wife are best friends. Oh, okay. And, um, so it must have been about 2018 or something, Gerard came on the scene with uh, Carrie, his his wife, and started, you know, started going out and having a drink. And I thought, well, he's... He's my wife, Ursula's, you know, uh, best friend. So I've got to like him, whether I like him or not, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because our, our girls are so tight. But we hit it off straight away. Um, and then when he said, look, I play, play a bit of bass, I said, well, blimey. So I said, come and join Alcatraz Blues. Um, and then he did some, you know, played bass wonderfully for Alcatraz Blues and did some backing vocals. And then we, we decided we didn't really want to do the whole sort of, you know, blues standards. So we, we said, let's do something ourselves. You know, we're going to spend a lot of time together. Um, and, yeah, so we started writing. You know, we, we formed Half Moon Panic for my birthday. And then, uh, as I said, you know, lockdown happened and we started writing the album. So Gerard, you know, he, he, he writes a lot of lyrics and some tunes. But being a bass player, it's not like obviously a proper musician. So he just sends me um, crazy ideas, whispered, he whispers down the phone, you know, the lyrics in the middle <laughs> of the night. When he, honestly, it's, it's, it's like a bit stalkery. And then... And then I have to think, oh, blimey, I, you know, I have to turn it into a song. And he goes, that's exactly what I wrote all those, you know, in the middle of the night. <laughs> we write together. And, of course, we had to learn to write sort of um, remotely because of the lockdown. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I bought myself a little iPad and a little DAW and a focus, right, and learn how to make demos. But it was um, it was a lot of fun. And, we, you know, as, as you said, mostly it's fun, yeah. And it just so happens that we make a really good noise. You do. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. Just by chatting to you, Taj, you're such a lovely man. And I hope one day that we our paths can cross and we can have a yeah. well-deserved drink together. Definitely. Well, I tell you, you know, if, if there's a show anywhere, Joe, that needs us to go and play for 45 minutes... You just let me know. I'll put you forward. And and likewise, I mean, I, if there's any bands, you know, get in touch with them. If they want an interview, I can give them a platform. Now, um, I live in Stoke-on-Trent, so I live pretty central. Um, There's not much of a music scene up here. I think they're trying to get it back on the map. We've got Trivium coming in August. Um, they're playing one of our local venues yeah. that hasn't had big bands on for such a while. I mean, back in the day, they used to have some massive bands. Um, Stoke-on-Trent. Oh, yeah. So, trivium, yeah, so Trivium are coming back to Stoke on Trent, yeah. Well, you know, if, um, if, 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 we'll, we'll come up there at the top of a hat, Joe, and do a set for anybody, okay? So, if you want to put on a show, we'll come and do it, all right? Definitely. Well, I'll spread the word and I'll share all your stuff as well because it's really important that obviously we, we just get you known because I think there's a lot of people out there, especially with social media, you know, it's only since yeah. I've been doing this podcast I actually realised they, they ration who can see what, they restrict it because they want everyone to pay it. So, um, you know, just getting it out there and spreading things on different sites. Yeah. I'll make sure that you're a member of all the sites that I'm on, you know, all the local music ones. Great. And and I'm and sure we can it. work out something. 
Well, listen, it's been great chatting to you. Um, I hope we can catch up, you know, a bit later on in the year and see how well you're yeah. doing and see where, you've, where you're up to. I look forward to seeing who you've gigged with. Nice one. And do yourself a massive favour and, and check out Sainted. They've got two tracks on Spotify at the moment. I will do. Great. I'll do that as soon as we finish this. How was that? It'll be massive. Take care of yourself. Yeah, look after yourself, Taj, and give my love to the rest of the band. Yes. Take, Take care. Bye. Bye.